of I all the metaphors it. you could have used. Listen, like, listen, right I know, but now fucking. after after 30 seconds, everybody's wondering <laughs> if I have sex with goats. My point is, if you say it enough and you wonder enough, then all of a sudden it's just like, it's like uh, uh, Goebbels or Himmler said, if you if you say the lie enough times, it's the truth. Well, no, I'm I'm wondering what you do in your free time. Welcome to episode 172 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Because you're hearing me, Ogan, read this, you probably have guessed Shannon is out for this episode. <laughs> Filling in for her is... Jason Chestnut, a digital pastor, filmmaker, and itinerant speaker on the edges of church. Don't fall off. He was ordained as an ELCA Lutheran, which I'm sure he'll explain because I don't know what that means, and despite what some might prefer, is still on their roster. Wink emoticon. So, again, that might take some explaining. He lives in Vancouver, Washington, and in another life, he would have been a sports or wildlife photographer. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you, Ogan. It's great to be here. Awesome, awesome. And in our regular third rotating chair, we welcome back one of our returning champions, the Reverend Layton E. Williams, who I was told today, I don't have to call her Reverend, so Layton, who is currently based in Charleston, South Carolina, with her fiancé, Billy. Yes, I. you heard that right, her fiancé. Congratulations! Billy and their cat Gryffindor. She's the author of Holy Disunity How What Separates Us Can Save Us. Welcome, Layton. Hello. Happy to be back. All right. So you can show your love, you listeners, for Pub Theology Live or becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews, special guests, and before and after the show banter. Video of us just like, you know, shoot a breeze. Um, or sometimes really divulging into whole other topics that make the show. <laughs> You can visit patreon.com slash pplive to get started. Big thank you to our current patrons, as always. And if you would like one of these fantastic PubFLV tumblers, which you can't see if you're listening, but normally if we were Facebook streaming live, that's a whole other thing. I got stuff to do. <laughs> anyway, we have Pub Theology branded cool. There you go. And you can get one. If you simply send a donation of $25 or more to nokidhungry.org, we want to support that organization as they provide food and meals for so many of the families that are needing that support during this COVID time. So donate $25 to them. We're not getting any money. It's all going to them. And you send us uh, proof of your donation, you know, take a pic, record it, email to us, whatever. Um, with your address, and we will mail you again, no charge to you, one of these fantastic Pub Theology Live pint tumblers. If you're listening to this episode for the first time and you want to know what it looked like, hit up our Facebook page, watch one of our previous broadcasts, and you will see. Speaking of broadcasts, we usually now live stream this recording on Facebook, but due to a lot of whole technical hiccups, that didn't happen this week. 
but normally it would happen Tuesdays five-ish, you know, that happy hour time. Um, not to be exact, because you know us, we don't plan that way. Um, and as always, you can join in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and hashtag PCLive, so you can find it coming, and that's how it goes. So today, we're discussing baseball, pandemic cases rising, belonging to each other, labels, and church as conscience. Yeah, full slate today. But let us yeah. begin by what was that, Leighton? said just a thing or two. Just a thing or two. Yeah. Uh, let's begin by sharing what we are drinking. Uh, Jason, as our, I think, first time guest, I say I think because you might have been on this podcast before when I wasn't here, or even worse, when I was here and I don't remember, which is entirely likely, but as our extra special guest, um, we'll start with you. What are you drinking today? Um, well, it is 10 a.m. on the um, Pacific Coast. So, so straight shots is what you're saying? So yeah, it's just, it's just straight tequila. Um, I've heated it up. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's uh, it's just I have some uh, English breakfast tea, some colonizer breakfast tea, um, which is great. Uh, and uh, later on, I will put something else in the in in my cup, but we will probably not be on the on the okay. call. So I'm assuming you got stuff to do today. Otherwise, it would have been a. That's right. Spike tea. That's right. All right. There you go. There you go. Um, Leighton, what are you enjoying today? Uh, I am enjoying uh, a Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA, which the last time I had it, I was like, this is my new favorite IPA. And this time I'm a little like, it's good. It's not my fave. Um, mm. But I have found that I really like hazy IPAs as I continue in pursuit of being a basic bro. Um, I've zeroed in on that type of... Uh, that type of IPA and I'm drinking it out of my like fancy new Yeti koozie which really and truly does keep it cold for like a long time Very nice convenient. and just so we know it is also 10 a.m where Leighton is no I'm just kidding <laughs> no it is definitely after lunch <laughs> it's definitely after lunch everything's fine everything's fine it's after lunch I'll not tell you what I drank at 10 a.m so. <laughs> oh, there we go there we go there's this listen this is a safe space there's no judgment here I'm in. I'm enjoying a Wibtoberfest. It is in Oktoberfest by uh, Wibby Bruin of where is this place? Longmont, Colorado. I found myself a a mail order beer service. Sure. Mm -hmm. Based in Colorado, and so these are all like Colorado craft beers I'm enjoying for the last few weeks. It says enjoy with a Gesellen Bresel pretzel. I don't understand. I don't very know. German, very German. Yeah. But anyways, it's an Oktoberfest, and you know, tis the tis the time. Speaking of time. October, um, what is your favorite thing about October, and why is it baseball? This is this is such a Brian question. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> what is your favorite thing about October, and why is it baseball? Anybody? Um, well, it, baseball is not my favorite thing about October, and I'm personally offended because the Braves just lost um so ouch Brian. we just lost they lost a while ago have you been watching recently they're not in it anymore so i mean they were <laughs> until they weren't stop rubbing that smoke anyway a, uh, in, World Series, so special just... guest coming in hot <laughs> <laughs> uh no i think my favorite thing about october is probably college football go dog okay so that is a that is a strike against baseball sort of 
Um, Jason, um, are you on the are, are you on the baseball bandwagon? If not, oh. what is your favorite thing about October? No, I mean October is very close to November when my birthday is, so that automatically gives us something good. But no, I'm totally into um, the World Series and um, interested to see. Uh, what I love about baseball is it's one of the few um, reality TV shows left in actual reality TV because we don't know what's going to happen. So reality TV, of course, we know. Um, but most sports, and, and this is a weird year, right? Um, the, the World Series is being played in Texas. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, one of those, um, what, what am I trying to say? Um, you know, a, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a piece where... Um, Oh man, neither neither team is playing where they are, so they're both oh. playing in Houston, right? Gotcha. What am I trying to say? Like a neutral play. Thank field? you, neutral man. When I can't come up with a word, I'm I'm telling you. <laughs> and it's just wild to watch. I've been watching football too. Is that each state has different rules about who can go to a uh, yeah. to a game? Yeah. So it's like if you're because playing heaven, heaven, heaven forbid we have a unified national plan to do yeah. anything. It just reminds me of like, and it goes back to the pandemic too, of like if an alien came here and saw most of the world masked up and social distancing, and then they go to the richest country in the world, which they're told it's the richest country, they can't see borders, but yet half the country is not really doing anything. And they're like, yeah. is it a pandemic or not? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like you can see that in the, in the World Series because Texas is a state where you can go and kind of watch sports. It's, it's just wild to watch in my mind. Yeah. But then the aliens would investigate the history of our country and look back in our past and go, eh, it's on, it's on point. That, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, for me also, not baseball. I still don't really get down with baseball. Being from, a, being from you mentioned the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The English breakfast tea, the colonizing tea, being from a former yeah. colony. Um, yeah. my, my, my sport of choice is, uh, I love me some cricket and sure there's going to be a test series happening in Australia soon, um, or New Zealand rather. So I'll be all over that. And I also like me some basketball. And my favorite thing about October was the fact that the NBA playoffs got, uh, hmm. you know, the series, the whole season was postponed. They went down to Orlando for the bubble and the final just got wrapped up like a week or two ago. So there was there was NBA playoff basketball in October for the first time, probably ever. Um, so that was awesome. And they were very good. I think the sport itself lent more to creating this bubble and everybody stayed safe, except for the occasional player that would stray out to go visit the strip club and get wings because those are the best wings, apparently. Uh, yeah, we had a, we had a couple of players who did that. I mean, shout out to the bubble, though. I thought uh, I thought that was a great. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it was a great, what, experiment, basically. Um, I it was. It, it, it was. And, and for the most part, I think, it, I think it worked. And, you know, to your point, um, it was different for everyone having to just, everyone was on neutral territory. There was no, there was no home games. There was no right. away games. There were no fans, except the weird virtual fan screen thing, which was just weird. Wild. The NFL is doing it, too. I'm trying to use that pumped-in sound. It's yeah. wild. You know, and I've seen like, are they still doing the cardboard cutout fans for baseball? Is that still a thing? I mean, it, it was, they're not doing it in Texas because they've got people there. But I was just thinking about I'm a 49ers fan football wise. Uh, and they just have all the different people that that have season tickets that would sit behind 
um, the the end Got zone, out. and it's their Zoom. <laughs> oh. It's their Zoom images. I'm like, ah, it's so weird. <laughs> it, it, it is Wait, weird. Did you guys hear? Um, my brother is actually the one who's the big Braves fan, um, and he was telling me, I think it's the Mets that like Chipper Jones has had this like forever vendetta against and so he got he bought cardboard cutouts of him and his son like making silly faces to be right behind the like home plate that's awesome. you come and up with a better baseball head. name than chipper jones that guy was made to play baseball i'm telling you he had his own candy bar once <laughs> that's actually that's actually a better golfer's name like Oh, you're right. It's a better golfer's name. Yeah. Listen, Hogan, I was just so excited about how good that name sounded. Chipper can 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 I ask a question for you, baseball people? Why is it called the World Series when basically this is the only country that plays the game for the most part? Canada. It's very, yeah. Well, I mean, there are a couple of Canadian teams. It's very, uh, it's very U.S. centric. Think about it this way: when they when they came up with the name of, for the World Series, it was like a century ago. So there was like nobody playing except the teams like that that they knew. It was very myopic. Just think about the United States in the late 19th century. Okay. They didn't, you know. <laughs> we are the world. <laughs> we are the world, right? Like, okay. I don't know. That's, that's one that. thing. I'm not going to defend baseball. I will say football at least calls it the Super Bowl. And they also took football from soccer. It, it's There's a lot of messed up stuff. There, there, yeah. there is. And to NBA's credit, like they have done, of all, I think the major sports, um, fully, they have done the greatest job. I think of expanding into other countries and having other fully China. Uh, oh my God! Exactly, yeah, they're incredible. Right for us. All right, enough sports talk. Enough sports games talk. Uh, so, speaking of the pandemic, as the temperatures cool and the cases are on the rise, are you finding yourself less willing to attend in-person gatherings, especially indoors? And are you worried about the months ahead? So yeah, let's take a little COVID temp check here. Not literally, but you know what I mean. Where where folks, where folks with your thoughts around yeah, rising cases, hanging out with people. Are you are you? Yeah, I don't our... hang out with people. <laughs> yeah. Like since March, I feel like uh, watching that Rose Garden thing with uh, Amy Coney Barrett. I was like, what world is this? Mm-hmm. I haven't hung out with people. Yeah. without a mask i don't know what's happening yeah yeah i just heard a, a one of his rallies our our wonderful president said everybody's uh what over the pandemic we're over pandemic and we're we're done with it and i'm like but that's not how it worked <laughs> yeah, yeah just because you went to the hospital and had like you know incredible drugs pumped in you for free and now you got over it whatever yeah. like that's not helpful Yeah, I think it's interesting. I've brought this up on here before back in the spring, but like, you know, we are all, the three of us in particular are in radically different contexts, like geographically dispersed. And um, I mean, South Carolina is a world unto itself uh, about all of this. Um, And so, you know, I have been caught in this sort of like in-between place of like, yes, I take it seriously. And I like help out with my niece and nephew and the rest of my family interact with each other. And so it's this weird, like, is anything I'm doing even helping? But I, I did think this was an interesting question because like, I do not, I don't do anything indoors. I mean, like I go to the grocery store and my head of staff at the church that I will soon no longer be working at wanted to do like very limited indoor worship services with masks on. So I've done that, but it's Mm -hmm. like, 
you know, but, but I will say it is more common here, I think, than in a lot of parts of the country to go sit out on a patio because there is so much patio seating for restaurants down here because it's warm year round. And so right. like, that is like, that has been more easily returned to here, I think for better or worse um, than I think in a lot of other, a lot of other places. So like, I still am big on like masking up, but I'll like go to the beach, you know? Um, yeah. And I am just keeping an eye on things. Um, mostly I'm worried about March because that's when I'm getting married. And I'm like, I don't think it'll be fixed by then. I just want to, you know, be able to ha- go through with the plan I have now. I don't want it to be worse, you know? So we'll see. So, so is it, is it going to be a socially distanced wedding? How is that going to work? Yeah. So it's just going to be, it's actually just going to be our immediate family outdoors. Gotcha. Um, and so <laughs> we probably will have like his family and my family apart from one another and the officiant apart, but like the, the families all already interact with each other whether we want them to or not so it's kind of like um i don't know we're trying yeah we're trying to figure it out but that's when we knew like it needed to be outdoors and kind of like away from any other people yeah and that makes sense that makes sense where you are there no outdoor weddings up here in new england in march that's not gonna happen well i originally wanted to do it in january and i finally had to have like a come to jesus moment with myself about how carlson that's viable (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's not not so much. Uh, you know, as as a as a as a tried and true and proud, fairly introvert. Um, you know, was a running joke when the when all the stuff shut down. Us introverts, this is this is a time we were preparing for. And we're we're yep. ready to go. Yep. Yeah. Um, so so nothing's really changed for me in terms of of interacting with people. I've basically been. Like a couple of weeks ago, I realized I live in I live in, in like a loft apartment complex, and the parking is horrible. And often I got to park a ways from, you know, my actual building. And one day drove in, and it was late at night, and it was a miracle. There was a there was an open spot right next to the building I'm in, so I pull in there, and I'm like, oh, this is a great spot. I shouldn't go anywhere for a while just so I don't lose this parking spot, right? And as I heard myself saying a lot, I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. If I got to go somewhere, I got to go somewhere. It'll be okay. You know what? Turns out I didn't have to go anywhere for more than a week. And <laughs> not not because I was trying to keep a parking spot. It's just like <laughs> everything, like I'm doing everything on Zoom right now. Okay? Although that helps to have, a, to have that parking it spot ready does. to go. Right? Like it, once you got in there, you're like, I don't know. Once I got in there, far. right. Like nine days later oh. when I finally had to like go buy groceries. Yeah. It was like, oh, look, my car is still there. But but we've all I mean, for the most part, there's been this massive, you know, the online transition and stuff like that. Uh, You know, there are folks in my church who are who are like kind of like, come on, we got it. We got to do something. And I'm like, no, we don't. We kind of really Mm. don't. And I know it's hard. and, 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 And yes, the idea of church is community and being with people as like an integral piece we can't miss and when it's all said and done you know sacrificing that for probably what's going to turn out to be a year or a little more than a year you know in perspective in the life of how long this church might be existing and our lives are existing it's not a big sacrifice to make in terms of yeah i might kill somebody and i said like i don't i don't want to show up an event that the church has and i don't know and i'm an asymptomatic carrier and then you know i 
kill a couple of the sweet old ladies in my church. Like, no, that's not what I want to do. So no, we're not doing it. I think it's hard too to think about like, you're like, well, how could I kill somebody? This, this disease isn't that bad. And some people don't even know if they have it. I think it's hard for us to think of it in terms of like at scale. Yeah. If we don't wear a mask, then these things happen. And then, and then hospitals are overwhelmed and then people die and they don't have to die. Like it's hard for us to think in those terms, I think sometimes, cause we're just so individualistic, like, yo, I'm fine. It's going to be okay. Right. We're so American. <laughs> well, yeah. And there's, there's like a cognitive dissonance too, I think for um, like, like here. And I said this before too, but it's still true. Like I know people who've had it and had, you know, decently serious cases, but like, mm-hmm none of them live here. Like no one of all the people in like South Carolina who have gotten it. I think I, I, I know one person who had like a mild case. Right. And so it's like, it's hard to like, it's like, I read all the stories and then I have to kind of like force my brain to say, no, that's a real clear and present risk. That's not just like happening yeah. somewhere else. Just yeah. because that's where the stories you know about are like, there are stories here too, that you have just been lucky enough to not intersect with yet. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, right now in this in this world of kind of um, fake news getting getting magnified in such a way that people are able to, like you said, Layton, have this cognitive dissonance. If I don't, it's just like it's like white privilege, right? If I don't experience racism, then how can it possibly exist? Right. Um, yeah. That that yeah. that death count is just an abstract idea that because mm-hmm. i don't know anybody who's either caught covid or died from it it I, I can't i can't i can't find a place of empathy for it it's um, it, it, it embarrasses me i've never had smallpox but i know it's horrific <laughs> um, like and, and and i think and i think i mean there's some smart people who are saying as the world gets wetter and hotter this is not the first pandemic we're oh, gonna have. No, no. And no. it's not the first pandemic. SARS, if SARS had made it right. out, that would have been very similar as a coronavirus. So I can't, I, I'm very, I'm very frustrated with this sense of like, well, maybe it will get better. Like I I, I think I was looking up um in human history, all these different pandemics that hit, none of them last a year. They're all two to three years, right? Right. Yeah. And that's before. So like the plague of Athens, this is like in BCE 430 to 426. And then if you look in the common era, London, 665, 1665 to 67, smallpox, 1780 to 82, Spanish flu, 1918 to 1920. Yeah. I think there's a piece that we were just like, well, now we're in the 21st century. So we should just have a few months and we're okay. And I, and I keep thinking like, oh, it's it's 2020 to like maybe 2022. Sorry, Layton. Yeah. Also, there are things that happen in the midst of that, like weddings that are amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, I gotta say, I mean, not to harp on the wedding thing, but an interesting silver lining, not that there are silver linings in a situation. I brought up the wedding thing. You're not harping. <laughs> as, as a fellow sort of introvert, I will say that a thing I've learned is that I don't want to have a big wedding. <laughs> there you go. About like you got the perfect excuse now. Yeah, I'm like, thank you for that because this is quite enough to be getting on with. But um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think you know this is at least a couple years and is the first of probably you know an ongoing reality. Because the thing is, yes, we evolve theoretically, but like so do these diseases, right? Like they. (laughs) 
evolve alongside us. And so I, a weird thing I have noticed, um, and I'm curious to hear from y'all is like, simultaneously as I have been required to sort of have an expansive view of who are my people in terms of like caring about folks far outside my sphere. Um, I also feel like my world has really shrunk, right? So it's like the handful of people yeah. that I like mm. still have energy to Zoom with after a day full of Zoom work meetings, right? Or like my family, cause I don't really, because they are not the most careful people I, and I, I try to limit like that's who I interact with, you know? And it's just like, yeah, it's been a weird like simultaneous shrinking and expanding of how I feel connected to other people and like what matters to me. Well, I think that's because when it's all said and done, we only got a, we don't have that much bandwidth left after, right. you know, we, we do our regular world via Zoom and all the other weird things that we got to do and adaptations we've had to make. There's not a whole lot of bandwidth left. So we got to be very particular with who we spend it on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was just writing an article on this for one of my local papers here is that like, we're we are still in the midst of this traumatic event that will last who knows how long you know uh, to jason's point i think because people are like oh you know it's 2020 let's just whip up a vaccine and, and we'll be good to go right which is not how that works but um i'm like we're still in the midst of this trauma dealing with it the best we can when we get to a point where you know we've developed a vaccine and people inoculated and this is no longer like a, a clear present danger, then we still have to deal with the post-traumatic mm-hmm. stuff that comes up after it's done. Like so, so like emotionally, mentally, spiritually, psychologically, we're not gonna be done with this when the virus is no longer like a present threat. So we're going to be in this, yes, mil, you know, yeah. you know, whatever it is, this ethos of this thing for some time to come. So, so, you know, maybe tack on another year to that 2022 timeline of, of you know, of, of mentally being able to, to come down from what it was like being in this experience. And for some people, it's going to be longer. Like we, we kind of have no idea of, right what it's gonna be and i think it's gonna define the decade um, well of, of yeah. course and i think some people are trying to circumvent all that by going well let's just not right. pretend it's real right. <laughs> yeah. life is life is normal <laughs> um, but but yeah i am i am worried about the about the increase in death count you know as as yes we do go indoors and we still have these wonderful like you know trump super spreader events and yeah. uh, right. people bringing things home and being casual with 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 who they interact with indoors and um and it's and it's going to climb the 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 right. legit scientists have not been wrong about this and they I remember back early in spring when they were like, if we don't take these measures, the death count could be like 200,000 people. And and those are. who didn't agree with that were like, you're being alarmist. And I'm like, mm, no, they nailed it. Right. And now you just have the current president saying things like, oh, it's going to be 2 million, but in science only 200,000. <laughs> and again, just like, it, it, if somebody wearing a mask, I saw it, this didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like how quickly 
we went to, oh, now it's here and I guess people just have to die, but go on and live your life. Like it, this yeah. didn't have to happen. Yeah. Very, very American. Uh, my mom, who's back in Barbados, she, I, I love, I, I know when she's checking into the US news cycle by her WhatsApp messages she sends me. So, <laughs> so the latest message was, so what's this QAnon thing? Oh my God. Oh, no. oh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> like, so sorry. Oh, you watch, you watched the debate, didn't you? And she's like, yeah, yeah. What, what, what is it that he says he doesn't know about? What's this? So I have to now try to explain QAnon to my mom who, yeah. yeah. Which I'm just like the, the, the current regime lost like 500 parents to yeah. little children that had been held. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know who the parents are, what, what the kids been doing. Like, if you want to talk about an actual QAnon, which dear listener, QAnon basically is talking about like a weird sexual pedophile ring that the Democrats are running, um, which is not true. It's totally insane. But if you want to talk close to it, like the, the GOP is kind of close. Like it's, it's the epitome of gaslighting, right? Like not the epitome, just- the definite. Yeah. Is that what epitome means? The definition of? Oh, yeah, uh, no, I, I like the word brain, epitome, but definition is a better word. <laughs> there you go. But right, it's just like, yeah. it's, it's like everything that the president says about Joe Biden is what is happening to the president. Mm-hmm. He's yes. the one who has lost his marbles. I don't know how else to say it. Sorry, that's probably not the best way to do it. I'm turning to my grandpa now. That's what my grandpa would say. He lost his marbles. Well, like, well one of the questions my, my mom asked me was, she said, you know, and my, my mom, bless her heart, she'll believe some crazy stuff. Like at the beginning of this, she kept trying to tell me that this was a virus made by China in order to seize economic control of the world. Right? I, my this, sister still says that, Ogan. And I said to my mom, well, I don't know if you know what business China was in, but it kind of already had economic control of the world. Like everything. It's doing fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they didn't need to create a virus. Everything we, you know, two thirds, three quarters of everything we use is made in China anyways. So trust me, they were already there. Um, but even she thought QAnon was yeah. a little insane. And she's like, why won't, so then why won't he like say, I said, because his thing is he will not put down anyone who supports him, no matter right, how, right like crazy or insane they are like that's right so that's that's what's that's what's happening but it's a uh, and all of a sudden you can't remember none of these um gop people can remember yeah. i don't recall i don't i don't amy coney barrett can't remember anything nobody remembers anything but 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 the interesting piece about this which i find fascinating like from a pure like sociological perspective oh. is um, yeah, I was watching, I think it was CNN, and we were interviewing some folks at a QAnon, like, demonstration, whatever, and the guy had a sign that was saying, like, Tom Hanks was one of these, like, you know, pedophiles who was at the top of one of these sex rights, right. because it's, it's, it's the Democratic elite and the Hollywood elites who are running this satanic cult of pedophiles mm-hmm. that Trump's trying to take down. Anyways, so he says, you know, there's no proof that tom hanks is like a pedophile and the guy's response is well there's no proof that he isn't yeah right so there's there's this weird like like when did that become the argument for as proof okay what and it's weird because it's 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 the total opposite of this idea of innocent until proven guilty that that is kind of like this american like flag we plant for anybody who's ever arrested for anything 
but but now it's like no you're guilty of this and it doesn't matter whether we can prove it or not even if we prove you're not what we accuse you of it just means that you found a way to really cover it up and for me the the I don't I don't know if you guys can speak to this I don't understand like logically I don't understand the disconnect and and I to your point earlier, it speaks to the disconnect of how we're treating COVID, but I don't, my, I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't understand it. I don't know what to speak to it. I am totally dumbfounded by it. And I don't know where you guys are with it, but like my brain freezes up. <laughs> I mean, I would say well, that just, like, go. go ahead, Layton. I was just, I, no, I just think like what happens is, and I don't know how much of this is like chosen, like to buy into or not, but like, if you have been thoroughly convinced that you can't trust anything that the other side says, the leftist media, whatever, mm. then like, there's no, there is no counter voice you value that can push back on anything mm. that you get told. And so it's like, it's not one version of the truth versus another version of the truth in, in your weird warped mind, right? It's like one possible truth versus definitely a lie right? Because those people gotcha. only lie. And oh, so okay. I just, I mean, I don't get it either, but it's like, I, it's like, it's impossible to have, I mean, you know, I wrote this whole book about living in disunity and I'm like, you can't do that. If you no. decide that one who disagrees with you is an evil liar who is like part of some weird left-wing conspiracy, like you can't coexist that and, way. And I could almost understand if this was a hundred years ago, but we have the internet. We have, for better or for worse, we have the world of information at our fingertips. So, so why aren't people, because I've heard some crazy stuff that I go like, well, that could be true. Let me go do some research, right? But I don't, I, like that doesn't seem to be a thing that's happening. Like the internet has become just as, you know, pigeonhole polarized. And I don't. Well, to your point, Ogan, like, I think a hundred years ago, if you had, if we had heard some random QAnon thing, it it, it couldn't have spread. It would have right. been some group oh, of people sending point. out leaflets somewhere. Like you couldn't have gotten out. So, it's it, <clears throat> I feel like it's both and. We're in the twenty first century, and we have this technology. But it's like Carl Sagan, rest in peace, said: we're technological adolescents as human beings. Right. So we have a lot of power, but we don't fully know how to wield it yet. And I think, I think that's absolutely the case in this. I we're mean, like, we're like seven year olds right be, behind the wheel of a Maserati. <laughs> yeah. 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 And also just like, I mean, I think it started in some sense in 2008 or running up to 2008. Um, and the current president of course started this, but just wondering where was Barack Obama born? Mm -hmm. This is a question never asked of any white president ever. Right. But it was right. just like, it was a question. And I feel like the minute, like, I don't have to tell anybody I'm not a goat fucker, but if people start asking if I'm a goat fucker and now I have to go on online and tell people I'm not a goat fucker. Now I've said it enough times. Sorry, can we swear on this? <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. We swearing is not the problem. The metaphor, like that was yeah. that was like a real deep reach. Right it, was, it, it, it was. It was. <laughs> like, it was. But listen, of all, the, 
of I all the metaphors it. you could have used. Listen, like, listen, right I know, but now fucking. after after 30 seconds, everybody's wondering <laughs> if I have sex with goats. My point is, if you say it enough and you wonder enough, then all of a sudden it's just like, it's like uh, uh, Goebbels or Himmler said, if you if you say the lie enough times, it's the truth. Well, no, I'm I'm wondering what you do in your free time. See, everybody wonders now. I had never had sex with a goat. Um, so you my, say. See, I, I mean, really, really, the only way we know it now, um, to your point of that guy at the rally, is if I have video evidence that I haven't. There Which is go. like, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you, I, I would have to show you Ed TV style every yeah. moment of my day. 24 yeah. hour body cam. Yeah. And no, even it's if true. It, it, even if an Sorry innocent about goat, reality image, but I mean, again, I think that's if that's an innocent goat wanders across the screen, it's over for you, man. <laughs> Dude went hardcore. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, metaphor. I mean, like, I do think I'm just it's saying like, if you ask that enough times, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, you put it in the water, it like literally creates neurological grooves in people's brain where they like automatically gravitate towards that same line of thought over and over again. And so when I have a conversation with a sibling of mine who is educated, but when I say, do you honestly think that they're running a satanic pedophile ring? This educated person says, mm, I mean, I've heard some things. Yeah. How do we know they're not? <laughs> How do we know they're not? What That's do you what they do say. With that? I know. What do you do with that? Oh, oh, so this is actually a nice segue to, to question three, because this is, I think, what we've lost touch of. Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to each other. How does this apply to what you see happening in the U.S. right now? And yeah, I think I think the, the general U.S. Uh, mentality is generally, not all of us, we belong to ourselves, not to each other. I mean, I, I think that's the ideology that the country was sort of intentionally built on, right? Like it was like, it's infected at the core with this idea of. Well, um, was it though? Because, because again, me coming from another country, the limited U.S. history that I know, it seems like, yes, there was an idea of the, the country being and by the you know founding fathers uh this idea that we are a nation unto ourselves but we have to band together to repel the outside invader um in order to preserve yeah. what we have here so it seems that there was this sense of like national unity to begin with or did i read my u.s history wrong well i guess it just depends i mean it's all about the lens of history right that's also what the south did Oh, good point. Yeah, right? We saw, we saw how that turned out. Look at them and be like, that was not a helpful way to view yourself in relationship to others, right? Like, right. good point. Good point. So I, you know, I think there's a difference between collective identity that is born out of individual self-preservation and a collective identity that is born out of a sense of mutual interdependence, mm. right? Right. Um, and I do think different regions of the US actually way back at the beginning of this, there was a really fascinating article that talked about how different regions of the US were responding to this pandemic differently and how that aligned with their history as a region, right? Ooh. And so like, like it talked about Appalachia being like largely disenfranchised. And so they were very resistant to believe anything that came down from the government about like, Right. what's good for them right because why would they trust them? i mean right. you know and it was just this like but then you have like the 
the colonies in the north who like in like the labor union movements and so they're more like inclined to understand this concept of collective good anyway i don't know i just think it's very I, much at play yeah and i think <clears throat> i think smallpox the eradication of smallpox sorry to talk just viruses here but at least I'm not, at least i'm not talking about goats anymore <laughs> thank you um, thank you We're i heard things that. about goats though i heard things about jason and goats um, hey, i had goat i had goat for lunch yesterday oh Del sorry delicious okay, great. listen goats amazing um yes. um i'll see and now i i See, Ogan, I fell off the- You're talking about smallpox. Smallpox viruses. It took us decades mm -hmm. to eradicate smallpox with vaccines and education and, and people listening to voices of authority. I don't know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. And I get when that doesn't, like the Japanese internment camps and them refusing to get vaccines totally understand. Sure, African-American community as well. 100%. After Tuskegee, of course. Yeah. But but this like middle class white, I'm not going to get my kid vaccinated because I don't know, want them to have autism. Ugh. And that's the like, other thing I keep saying to people like, we're going to, we gonna, you know, they're going to develop a coronavirus vaccine. You think everybody's going to get it? No. no. And how do vaccines work? We have to all get it. We have to all yeah. get it, right? And then school's going to reopen in the fall. And there's going to be a whole thing about you have to have had the, the vaccine in order to get, it, you know, to attend right. school. And then, freedom schools. That's exactly. It's, this does not get any better anytime soon. <laughs> and, and I just think that if they start freedom schools, like we're going to have data on those super spreader events. And that data is going to go out through media and then you're going to have the people i'm just thinking about people i've had conversations with in my blood family who are going to be like that's mainstream media i don't i don't uh -huh. care that is so, that's how convoluted it all is yeah yeah so so how do y'all feel about and to play devil's advocate at which point shannon wouldn't normally say the devil doesn't need an advocate or any help and <laughs> this is not necessarily my view but but you know there's sometimes in my dark cynical moments i'm like you know what let them do the freedom schools, call the herd, survival of the fittest, like, or survival of the smartest, right? It's, it's like, yeah. I don't know, it seems cold to say that, but I'm just like, uh, this is the thing I, I, I also yeah. say, like, I have, a, I have infinite patience for people in their process, their evolution, their, you know, three steps forward, two steps back, spiritual, mental, emotional growth. I do not have a lot of patience for stupid. Like, I I kind of just don't, right? So I ain't mad at it. Stupid wants to go get itself wiped away. And and I can't believe as a person of faith and a clergy person, I'm saying this out loud. It'll probably come back to bite me later. But but this this is my this is my own personal failing and my own opportunity for growth. I don't have patience for stupid. And I don't mind if the stupid isn't around anymore. Yeah, and I, didn't, I, I think that like, I just don't think COVID COVID is not the pandemic that's going to do that, but a pandemic will, in my opinion. And when we hit that new pandemic and we still act like we do right now in this country, then totally. There's going to be people who are like, well, God, God protects us against this. And then they go and they worship in a, in a, hosp or a hospital. They go worship in a, in a church and then all of a sudden, right? Well, so, I mean, I think what's interesting about what you're proposing, Ogan, to be that I'm, 
devil's advocate to your devil's advocate is that uh that make you an archangel like how does how does this work i don't know i don't need that kind of promotion Uh, (laughs) talk about the institutional church there you go (laughs) um no i mean i think people in my life who are i mean i i don't know that i know anyone that's like QAnon level conspiracy theory but who are like you know, I don't want to not be allowed to go to a restaurant or whatever that are pretty like anti the social measures that we've said are needed. They actually agree with you. They're like, no, you don't have to do it. Let's divide up. Like, just let me live my life. And if I die, at least I got to choose that. And so like, then there's this counter narrative that's like, yes, but we are, we do all belong to each other. So if you die, somebody else dies too. And it's like, unless we could figure out I think if we could figure out the solution of like, I can't believe these words are about to come out of my mouth, but like a Benedict option for like progressives who care about people <laughs> to like separate out from the people that don't, like I think everybody would just like agree to that and part ways. Except I don't know where I would go because most of my family would be. Here, here, you've heard yeah. it here, folks. Pub theology is coming up with another final solution. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. See, now we've gotten past the goat fucking thing. That's yeah. what it works. We thought um, the goat fucking was the line. That's, we just drew a new line. We, we went in your line. I, I, I will say that, like, it, it is a. It's a very like like I pointed to to countries like New Zealand and Vietnam to people to make this argument. Like mm-hmm. they shut down and now they are living pretty close to normal. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had people tell me like it's not worth it. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm never wearing a mask. And I just don't know how to get into that mindset of like everything's fine if we just did what like like this isn't this isn't a conspiracy. I feel like the minute that you start thinking that's a conspiracy, what isn't a conspiracy after that? Right. Like Yes, exactly. There's no truth anymore. Yeah. They have so those countries have like the mail order bride mentality and we have like the Amazon overnight delivery mentality. Like if we can't if we can't if we can't get the results we want now you know speaking of for, metaphors <laughs> that, that, that's a that's a torture metaphor but i'm going with it you know what i mean i mean like you know take I'm, it, not gonna, I'm not gonna commit to a mail order bride but i definitely ordered something i didn't like yesterday and i want the replacement today exactly right right <laughs> So it's like delayed, like we, we are not a country who who values delayed gratification, right? It's like we are we are instant instant gratification. And and if you for economical and commercial reasons have pushed that mindset for so many years right now, you know, like like people who are unhappy now wait in with Amazon Prime two-day delivery and it's like if we can't get in our amazon locker the day of this is this is not worth it i'm like are you kidding me right now right but but go ahead oh i was i mean we do we have an on-demand culture i mean uh billy and i have been talking about like working on how to build a family budget right and i'm like super intense budget lady and he's not i'm like a conversation like a way i've described it to him is like the calculus that exists in my brain but this is like well-trained and comes from trauma and like is not entirely healthy but is is so antithetical to how we normally operate which is like do i want a cheeseburger now my favorite cheeseburger or do i want like a house later yeah a house (laughs) later right and it's like and the hard part about that calculus i think for people 
including me, is like, yeah, but it's not just the one cheeseburger denied now equals a house right. later. It's thousands of cheeseburgers I have to deny myself now to have a house later, right? And so it's yeah. like, there's, there is this deeply ingrained impatience that is frankly fueled by capitalism. <laughs> like that's what capitalism wants. Yep. And it's fueled by, or it's, it's, it's made easy by our adolescent technology right now. Yes. The yes. social, the social dilemma, which I think is something everybody should check out on Netflix. Um, okay. You can actually watch the social network about the story of Facebook and then watch the social <laughs> dilemma. Um, but they talk about how AI um, and our phones and social media, they haven't gone past human strength. So we don't see anything like iRobot yet, but it's definitely gone past human weakness. Mm -hmm. And I think the human weakness piece is what you talk about, Leighton, um, in terms of what the, you know, it, uh, uh, mentally, it's like, it's like too much dopamine, mm -hmm. um, then you're never going to you're never going to have an, you're never going to be interested in anything anymore. I mean, it's Fahrenheit 451. If you just show people enough stuff for a while, they just become, and yeah. not to get too apocalyptic about it, but I do think there is something around how our phones, um, which should just be tools, but how they help um, either the spread of fake news or like your mom, um, Ogan, it, it, it helps us kind of like, even with the internet, we can go and we can find exactly what we want to want to see right. we yeah. become the tools yes right if facebook is i mean listen if the right if it's free then you're the product yeah yeah yes yeah well and it's i mean and i have to say like not to belabor the metaphor but the thing i was saying about cheeseburgers versus houses is even for me with like a lifetime of ingrained like anxiety about this the second something like there's a stressor either positive or negative in my life right all of my ability to do that discernment goes out the window. Yes. Like the first thing I do is go buy a cheeseburger. Anything yeah, right. like, yeah, and so right. we're living, you know, we're living in a period of sustained trauma, right? And so like, how do we train, even those of right. us who have the well-being of others in mind, like how do we train our brains not to operate on the like immediate survival mode and instead invest in long-term future, you know? Yes. And well, go ahead. Oh, well, I just got kind of, back to the, the pandemic piece. I mean, it's like, you think that in the 21st century, we could have more tools to beat it, like social distancing and mask wearing. But too many people are like, we're just living in the medieval times. I'm going to walk into that place of bubonic plague. And if, if I'm strong enough, I'm going to walk out fine. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. That is what it feels like. And, and but this is where the, this concept of like, you know, balance comes into play, right? So no, not instant gratification, but also not asceticism on the, is that a word? Ascetic, right. ascetic. That's on good. The, yeah. On yeah. the other hand, right? The, the, the middle way, that's what the Buddha taught us. So, so, so yes, no, I'm not going to get my favorite cheeseburger every time I want it. Like, you know, three nights a week, maybe right. I decide twice a month, I'm going to get me a cheeseburger or and Thursdays, half off. Th there you go. Yeah. You know, wait, and to Layton's point, our brains just aren't fully ready for that right now because it's they're they're constantly hitting trauma. So we're 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 more. You know, I don't. No, I don't. I don't entirely buy that. I think okay. our brains are ready for that. I think we just it's it's just so much more of a dopamine hit for the instant gratification. So we don't practice, but anything we practice will become our norm. I right. Agree. So, yeah. so 
people do it all the time. It's this is not a this is not a this is not a weird concept. People people you know save extremely at one end, spend extremely on the other, and there are people in the middle who 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 save and enjoy life at the same time, right? So it's we each of us get to choose what we wanna what we wanna do. I don't, yeah, think I, brain, the, the, I don't think our brains can't handle it. I think our, we don't want to. But I think yeah. in space, I think of in spaces of heightened stress, it becomes more complex, right? So yeah. like, so my dad and I are both students of dialectical um, GBT. What is it? Dialectical, dialectical behavior therapy. therapy. What? Yeah. Um, which is really built as a response to extreme distress, right? I mean, there are like multiple levels, but you know, my dad is in this class and he has this therapist for it. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad lives in a, an assisted living facility. So like, I am literally the only human he's interacted with in the last six months. Um, I check on him like once a week and we do like a socially distanced thing, but, um, and he's really struggling. And, um, you know, he keeps going back to his therapist because like DBT's response to trauma and extreme distress is do what you can to distract yourself. Like, Right now, it's not about developing long-term, like in this moment of crisis, it's not right. about developing long-term strategies. It's like, do what you can to survive the moment because that's right. the way our brains are naturally wired. And he keeps going to his therapist and being like, this doesn't work. And she's like, well, a pandemic isn't a moment of crisis. It's like a sustained reality. So mm -hmm. how do you like take a sustained traumatic reality, right? And like operate in an ongoing way instead of just a crisis response way. And it's new for us. I don't think, I don't think, I mean, when's, when's the last generation that had to deal with some sort of ongoing thing since World War II? I like mean, when World War One. I, I, I would say it's a century, right? The Spanish flu yeah. was 1918 and 1920. And so like that's, we don't have any living memory. My grandfather was born in 1919 and he just died a few years ago at 96, but we don't have any living memory of it. We just have pictures. I feel like that's a piece of it too. We don't have anything People saying, hey, I remember the Spanish flu. You've got to get your shit together. We don't have any of that. Right. Yeah. We we got we got a we got like a, maybe a handful, like single digits. There was I saw yeah. a news report a few months ago about a woman who like survived the Spanish flu as a child and she just, you know, had and survived coronavirus as well. But there's wow. like what, eight of those people in the world? <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, well, a, and, not enough. And to the larger point, like or to a different point around um, like it's, it's, it's hitting our brain in a lot of different ways. And for those of us who are, I live alone. And so it's, it's like all of our, all of our, uh, adult choices have become magnified in the coronavirus. Looking at you, Layton. It's like, but if you live alone, it's just like, you're, you live alone. Like that's it. And so, yeah, I, I can see how depression and rates of suicide have increased. Oh, yeah. Um, unfortunately, or not, unfortunately, I would say like, I've, I've heard that as an argument to say, let's just go out. Let's not let the virus control us, which is this thing coming out of the White House, as opposed to just saying, listen, this is a bad time and we need to take care of ourselves in the best ways that we can. And we have to recognize as we stay at home and socially distance and wear masks, these things are going to be more likely. And so how do we take care of ourselves there? How do we lean into others then? Yeah, that's 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 again great segue. You're really good at this, Jason. Great segue <laughs> into the next question about you know uh, this quote from Diana Butler Bass. It saddens me to think we've come to think of our lives with the thin labels left and right. 
Life is poetry, pose, love, joy, hope, surprise, mystery, wonder, awe, beauty, challenge, suffering, question, doubt, faith, transformation, tenderness, compassion, empathy, sadness. How do we strike the balance at this point in time whereby we take care of our physical health by doing all the things, wearing a mask, social distancing, staying inside, not doing large groups, not doing the normal activities we would normally do, but balance that with taking care of our mental and emotional and psychological health that all of those things help support where's and and let's just be clear zoom birthday parties not gonna cut it i've been been to a few of those weird as hell um so (laughs) not not gonna cut it (laughs) although i would say like like if we if we look back to the previous pandemic like kind of to your point ogan about like let's just survival of the fittest if if I'm being honest, sometimes I'm thinking of like, and now I've lost it again, man, y'all, I get on these trains and then they're gone. <laughs> Zoom, it's, it's COVID well, brain, COVID brain. COVID brain. But like, I, I just, I, I think there's a sense of like, Zoom Zoom gives us something. Um, and, and why isn't it Skype, by the way? How did Zoom win that? But I Zoom know. How did they drop that ball? I know the answer to that, actually. But anyway. Okay, good. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I, like, I'm super curious. What's the yeah, answer? Tell, hold on. Hold on. Okay, so, so we're living in a time with this technology that's good, but it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be. And I've said this for like the last 10 years of starting online community. Online's, yeah. Online is incredible, but it doesn't replace face-to-face. Right. And I think right now we've recognized that. So it's like, part, part of me is like, listen, stop bitching. It's, you, you have a pandemic in the 21st century, sit and watch Netflix. Like, it's not hard. Right. Don't go anywhere. Like, that's something at least we can give that we couldn't give a century ago. Right. right. So, well, and I think, I think ahead, that uh, uh, part of it for me is that we have long since, I mean, this is not new, but like lost the capacity for nuance and lost, yes. frankly, any good motivation to assume best intentions in others. <laughs> and so, I mean, like that doesn't come out of nowhere, right? But so what it means is like, you know, if you decide, Jason, that like, you need to interact with another human being face-to-face. And so you go sit in a park, six feet apart, masked and like, but like you're having food or something I mean you know it's like you're making this calculated risk right and you're like all right I'm gonna do this once and I'm not gonna do it again for another month you know all this there's like no I'm not saying that's the right way to handle it I'm just saying that like if we were capable of having nuanced just like conversations about this and like recognizing that people's contexts are different and like if we could faithfully assume that other people all care about each other which we know is not true then like this could look very different there could be like uh, scaffolded responses right and ways to care for people who are living alone and like all of this stuff that like instead it's a zero-sum game because we kind of don't have a choice you know I mean because it's like you know uh it's like our tendency is to like if you're gonna open one door you're gonna open every door you know and, and so there's just this yeah it is an all or nothing sort of deal and not a you know like no one's no one's no one's saying because we have uh, we can't do large groups that we have to cancel weddings. No, we modify how we do right. weddings when we have them and which way we have them and how many people we invite. Right. 
but to your point, there's some people who are like, eh, no, we're doing we're we're doing a wedding and we're gonna have 150 people right now. And right. next thing you know, it's a spreader event as opposed I mean, to let's modify. It's it's but it's a it's a thought process of this isn't different. Everything's the same. I'm gonna do the, things exactly the same way. Like this kind of stubbornness that I'm like, this is a different time. Yeah. This yeah. is different. So you can't do things the way that you always and I I think that's I mean to the sports metaphor, if you're losing, you have to adapt and adjust. Otherwise you're going to lose the game. And I just feel like we're, we're halfway through and, and, and we see the deaths around us and there's still people, a sizable amount of our population. That's like, I'm not going to change anything I do. We're the Falcons. <laughs> Up 28 to three. You know, I was going to hit the last question, but that's a, that's a beautiful full circle sort of like <laughs> we somehow we managed to come full circle to just how we started i don't i don't feel there's more we need to say right now <laughs> oh, could not have planned that any better you see how this works jason like zero zero plan into flow and it just works i love it i love it i've already had two of those moments listen y'all you know those moments like you, you you're looking for the one word you can't find it and then you're just sitting there like an idiot i've done that twice so i just appreciate being here absolutely you fit right in uh so a big thanks to our special guests uh jason chestnut and layton uh jason if folks want to connect with you online or follow you how do they find you where are you i know you're on twitter yeah a crazy pastor it's pretty easy to remember on twitter um, but also, uh, there are other pieces, uh, other things I'm doing, a lot of irons in the fire. But if you start with going to Crazy Pastor on Twitter or Instagram, you can find out that I'm here and trying to do my best. There you go. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you also, Leighton, for joining us. Please go get Leighton's book if you don't have it yet, Holy Disunity, How What Separates Us Can Save Us. Uh, it is It is like everybody should read that now. Everybody should read it. <laughs> we're, we're allowing the separations to to do some bad things to us yeah uh so thank you both we'd like to thank the originator of pub theology who came up with our crazy questions trying to push the baseball on us brian burgoff and our producer derek weston connect and spread the word on social media listen anytime on soundcloud stitcher spotify apple google Podcasts, all the all the platforms watch us live on facebook tuesdays somewhere in that five six o'clock eastern time hour you know give or take just have a drink and be ready um and you can get more video content on patreon.com slash pt live um and maybe we'll spend like five minutes talking about this church being the conscience of the state we can talk about it then um you can find and create a pub theology in your town we recommend a socially distant or online one right now you can get more information about that at pubtheology.com slash directory. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.